Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, how are you all doing? You will probably want to buckle in, buckle up for today. I've got an open letter to our premieres, as you would know from the title. Uh, But just before I start, I just want to ask you, how are you all doing? Um, I know that I've received so many, so many messages, so many inboxes, so many of you when I've been traveling around the place telling me what life is looking like for you right now with all of the new mandates, which I'm about to talk about. So I just wanted to remind you a personal little encouragement from me to have courage and please know that you are certainly not on your own. So to give you some context for today, especially those of you who perhaps listen outside of Australia, and there's an increasing number of you, um, our government uh, here in Australia works at a federal and a state level. So we have a prime minister, but then each state of Australia has a premier who is voted in by the Australian people. Now, when it comes to this pandemic that we are all facing, the premiers have been given what's known as state of emergency powers, which means they decide how they're going to handle the pandemic in every state. Okay, so in New South Wales, their premier decides, Queensland, our premier decides, and so on. Now, over the past 12 months or more, each premier has shut the borders to each other, uh, which means that we as Australians, for the most part, haven't been able to travel between states through our own country. And the premiers pretty much have all the power to make whatever decisions they want to make, whatever they decide when they wake up in the morning. That's what happens. Lockdowns have varied from state to state, but one common thing has been the vaccine mandates and passports. So for a while, we were encouraged to take the vaccine Um And then state by state, our premiers started mandating it amongst certain professions. Now, in Victoria, this has been mandated in nearly every profession. There is literally the most ridiculous list on the the health website. You could look it up. Every profession, it's been mandated. So in every state, um, tens of thousands of hardworking Australians are losing their jobs simply because they don't want, for whatever reason, they don't want the vaccine. Now, on top of that, Victoria, New South Wales, and now Queensland premiers are locking unvaxxed people out of most areas of life other than pretty much non-essential food buying. Okay, so uh, locked out of cafes, stadiums, shopping centres, music concerts, hospitals, cinemas, and I could go on and on. Okay, so today I have written an open letter um, in response to all of this, to all of our premiers. Um, because not one premier, in my opinion, has shown any leadership or courage. Not one premier is doing anything except inciting fear, segregation, coercion, discrimination, and disunity. Uh, There just seems to be a real lack of common sense. They're certainly not bringing calm. Um, I really even doubt that they're going by the science, so-called science, because the more research and science that's coming out, the more these decisions they're making are not making sense. Um, What they have done is rolled out an advertising campaign um, of fear. And 
you know, what's never come out of their mouths are the actual statistics, you know, things like the chance that we have of surviving and recovery for people under 50, which is 99.7%. Um, you know, and of course we want to protect the immune compromised and the elderly, but they're not using those statistics. They're just like literally make you feel like if you got coronavirus, you are going to end up like intubated in hospital. And I know that that has been the case for some people, but if you actually look at the statistics, it's not reflected there. Um, I've been watching for months what's been going on in Victoria. Of course, there was just a march there recently. Um, Well, last weekend on Saturday, Uh, Again, mainstream media reporting, some of them were reporting 10 to 15,000. I've seen uh, on other, um, where people were actually there and videoing it, that it looks like the crowd was upwards of 100,000. That doesn't happen for no reason. The people have had enough. Um, So you'll hear me kind of addressing either the premiers as a whole, or every now and then I address our premier here in Queensland, who's Anna Palaszczuk. So if you hear me say certain names, then I'm just referring to different premiers. Okay, so here we go. Dear premiers of Australia, let me read you the first two lines of our Australian anthem. Australians all let us rejoice for we are one and free You are in breach of the first two words of the Australian anthem, the one we have sung and known so proudly since we were kids. Australians, all, let us rejoice. The word all means every member. But we are no longer Australians all. What we should instead be singing is Australians vaxxed and unvaxxed. You are also in breach of the second line of our Australian anthem, for we are one and free. Because of all of you, we are neither. We are no longer one. We are divided, segregated, and what you have created is a two-tier society. And we are certainly no longer free, none of us, because freedom is a human right. But you, Anna, Dan, Dom, and the others, have made it government property. Furthermore, you have attached rewards and punishments to freedom, which means it cannot be freedom any longer. Every day, Anna, you have made this about the vaccinations. You are distracting us with your campaign, when what this is really about is mandates, manipulation, power and control. The enemy here is not the unvaxxed, those who won't comply. The real enemy is fear. The real enemy is division. The real enemy is discrimination and segregation. And every single one of these has been stirred up and created by you. We are not asking you to pretend there is not a very real crisis, a global crisis happening around us. What we ask today is that you take a leaf out of the book of great leaders gone by, like Winston Churchill. He never minimized the situation he faced. He leveled with his people He was honest with his people, but he never turned against any of his people. Let me quote him. We have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. We have before us many, many long months of struggle and of suffering. Of course, Winston Churchill was talking about the suffering that was about to come upon them in World War II. What Churchill did was to promise to face the enemy head on, to offer his own blood, sweat, toil and tears, and to carry the burden together. 
Premiers, you have outrightly made a portion of your very own people the burden and the enemy. You have turned on them in the most unacceptable of ways. Churchill never understated the risks, but he instilled in Britain the confidence that it would triumph and triumph together. He described realistic causes for hope. Not once have you given us the realistic causes for hope. For example, you could have calmed our people by reminding us that the majority of us, if we were to get COVID, we will be okay. Statistics tell us that. That even though thousands of people in New South Wales got COVID, over 95% of the population so far have not. You could tell us that yes, there might be loss of life and we have a battle ahead and this will not be easy. But what about solutions about what we can do to keep our immune system strong? To fight together. You have led with fear instead of courage. What you are doing to our states is wrong, it's unlawful, it's immoral. You are exercising, or should I say abusing, powers under a state of emergency, except our state here in Queensland is not in a state of emergency. We never have been. I think the most we've had is like six cases at one time. And how do you know when we open the border on December 17 that we will be in a state of emergency then? You have crossed the line. Every Premier in Australia has crossed the line. And our Prime Minister, he seems to be pretending there is no line. Nothing to see here. Can you please give him a message for us too? Can you tell him that the 90% vax rate that he is so proud of, telling us well done for doing the right thing, that we actually had no choice? That when we are faced with not seeing our kids or going without food, or a tenant facing eviction, or not being able to see a dying loved one, or a sick family member in hospital, we did it because we love them, not because we love him. What we actually have here since the announcements is a pandemic of discrimination. Not only have you created it, but you are encouraging it. You are discriminating against unvaccinated for a virus they don't even have. But we are awake to this. We are not buying it. What this is, is you manipulating us to get vaccinated by December 17. You are using health orders to justify authoritarian actions. But somebody will step in and stop this. Let me warn you about what will happen. Years down the line, like so many other governments, you will be held to account. It might take years, but it will happen. You will not be remembered well in history. You can no longer hide your authoritarian tone with promises of bunning snags, $10 food vouchers, or pats on the back for another donut day. Anna and every premier in our country, you have got this so, so wrong. And here are a few reasons why. Because what we put in our own personal bodies is not up to you. Our body is our responsibility, not the government's. Because freedom contains the word free, it cannot be bought, it cannot be earned, it cannot be exchanged, it is a basic human right. Because you do not have the right to make businesses discriminate by sacking their employees for not undertaking a medical procedure. Because coercion is not consent. Because forcing people to take an experimental medical procedure or lose their job is bullying. And mostly because you seem to have forgotten 
that Australia is a democracy. Let me remind you all of how a democracy works, because clearly every Premier in this country has forgotten. Democracy is a form of government in which political control is exercised by all the people, either directly or through their elected representative, you. The word democracy means rule by the people. You've forgotten yourselves, Anna, Dom, Dan and the others. You seem to think that democracy means rule of the people. Your behaviour is more consistent with a totalitarian government than a democratic one. Let me read to you the definition of totalitarianism. It's a form of government in which the state controls every aspect of the individual's life and all opposition is suppressed. That fits you perfectly, Anna and Dan. If we do what you say, we can shop, access hospitals, go to cafes, travel interstate, work. You are controlling every aspect of an individual's lives. And all opposition or of opinion or choice is 100% being suppressed to the point where you are ripping people away from their livelihoods. Let's go a little bit further and unpack some of the key elements of what a totalitarian government looks like. It includes methods of enforcement, police terror, indoctrination, censorship and persecution. We have seen every single one of these. Think about it. Methods of enforcement. We'll get vaccinated or lose your job. That's a method of enforcement. What about police terror? Look no further than what's happening or has happened on the streets of Victoria with the police using rubber bullets, spraying people in faces for exercising their democratic right to protest or putting the police commissioner here in Queensland on your social media threatening with us on what will happen if we do not comply. There has certainly been indoctrination. That's your whole campaign. We've been told there's only one way out of this. And of course, censorship. We're not allowed to know the source of your research and data that you're basing these draconian measures on. And if anyone disagrees, we are either labelled with misinformation or posts are being taken down altogether. And of course, persecution. Why don't you ask the tens of thousands of hardworking Australians who have been sacked for exercising their free will to make a decision about what they put in their body if they feel persecuted. But may I remind you that this form of governing has never ended well in the whole of history. And nothing is making sense. You tell us these draconian mandates are for our safety. Keep safe, stay safe. But we have never felt more unsafe in our country. Just talk to the everyday people on the streets. Actually, just read the comments on your social media. Or just ask us teachers who look into the frightened eyes of children because we are teaching them with masks or shields over our faces. Ask the ones who have been locked up longer in their state than any country in the world. Ask the women who have been at the hands of greater levels of domestic violence than our country has ever seen. Ask Beyond Blue, who is receiving more distressed calls in one day than in their history. And ask the tens of thousands of us who have lost our jobs because we will not comply. You tell us it's for our health. But while you stand behind your podiums touting the upcoming crisis that our hospital systems will surely face, you walk off and sack thousands and thousands of those very hospital healthcare workers for not complying. 
You tell us it's for our health, but you don't tell us what source you are using, because through independent research, the science we find tells us that while a certain age group are vulnerable and we want to protect them with all our hearts, the majority of us actually have a 99.7% chance of survival and recovery. You tell us it's for our health, but you shut the mouths of our doctors who will get themselves in trouble, even debarred, deregistered if they disagree with your government advice, even though they know the individual needs of their patients. You don't. And you take away their ability to give exemptions to their patients who are truly concerned about receiving an unknown vaccine because of underlying conditions. You tell us it's for our health, but this is an experimental procedure that has no long-term safety data and increasing proof of little efficacy. But you seem to ignore the data coming out of many countries like Iceland, the UK, Israel, Singapore and others. Wouldn't you be gobbling down and analysing every little bit of data you could if you were really concerned for the health of your people? That's what I do as a mother. When considering decisions about the health of my children, I weigh up every piece of information. You tell us it's safe and for our health, but we know that the makers of these vaccines have been protected from any liability if anything were to go wrong. All the risk is on us. None of the risk is on you. You hop onto your social media and tell us, well done, Queenslanders, you did the right thing. 80% of us have received our first jab, or 70% have received double. And Scott Morrison posts on his social media a big tick with the 90%. Great job, Australia as if we had a choice. Patting us on the head like good little children, when in reality the majority of us only did it because you coerced us, threatened us, took away our basic human rights like seeing family, travel, going to a cafe or holding down a job. We went and got the vaccine that you told us would make us safe. But even then, you were like the parent that was never pleased. At first it was 70% is our ticket out. No, 80%. Heck no, why don't we make it 90%? and even 95. You tell us it's about our health. Oh, you are so worried about our health, aren't you? But then you tell us those that don't receive your experimental vaccine cannot access healthcare, like hospitals, physios, chiropractors, integrative medicine providers. It's not about our health, is it? It cannot be. Otherwise, Anna, you wouldn't have banned NDIS from caring for my friend's blind sister. As of December 17, care will no longer be sent to her home. Is it still about health, Anna? This is not health, this is punishment. You are completely out of touch with your people and completely out of line. We, the people, are calling you and your representatives and emailing and protesting and leaving thousands and thousands of comments on your social media platforms, but you are literally turning a deaf ear. Not only are you turning a deaf ear, but you are ramping up the punishments, turning up the heat. Tell us why. Bill Gates just this week said the vaccine does little to stop transmission. We know the efficacy is only for a short time. The data from many other countries tells us that, plus your talk of boosters. Yes, there is evidence it helps to decrease symptoms and minimise hospitalisations, and that is great news. But for how long? We also know that for those who take it, there is an increased risk of hospitalisation due to adverse reactions. Recently, there have been many articles in the news in Herald Sun about the risk of young teenage, especially young teenage boys, 
being hospitalised for myocarditis. Video after video, story after story. Even the Adverse Reaction website is telling us this. But why aren't you talking about these things? You make it sound like there is only one choice, a risk-free option, that the vaccine will solve all our problems. But we all know it won't, so why aren't you being honest about it? Tell us how this is making sense, how we can all walk into our local supermarket and get groceries, but then we can't walk out and go sit together at the local cafe. How can we all shop at our local fruit and veg shop but can't walk into a shoe store or a clothes store? And how can our local cafe owners and Kmart attendants and Coles workers who have served us for who knows how many years now have to ask for private medical information? How are they going to look long-term customers in the eye and say, yes, you're allowed in, or no, you're banned from being here? Do you know what it's like to be us, the vaxxed, the acceptable ones, sitting in a cafe, only to look out the windows and see a friend of ours, one we sat across the table from just a few weeks ago, now being turned away, not allowed in? Do you know how awful that feels? We're embarrassed, so we turn away, pretend we never saw them. We don't know why they chose not to and it's none of our business. Maybe they have a heart condition, anaphylaxis or some other condition that is making them petrified to comply. Or perhaps they are just exercising their basic human right to determine what goes into their body. You might have our outward obedience, but you do not have our hearts. You think you're in the box seat, you and all the premiers. You stand behind your podiums, making decisions that you will never have to reap the consequences of. All the risk is on us, the Australian people. You play piggy in the middle, throwing the ball from one premier to the other, seemingly delighting in watching businesses stuck in the middle, unable to get a win. If business owners don't comply, you threaten them with massive fines. If business owners do comply, they can find themselves being handed a lawsuit by former employees you made them sack. Who will pay their bills? Some of us took it willingly, happily trusting you and your health advice. But I dare say that we are the minority, despite what you tell us. If the willing were the majority, you wouldn't have had to entice us with free snags, food vouchers, or a million-dollar lottery. If we were the majority, you wouldn't have taken our jobs to threaten us, and you never would have needed to bring in vaccine passports to check up on us. You wouldn't need to because if the majority of us thought it was truly good, we would have been running to roll up our sleeves. The truth is the majority never wanted this. It was never our choice. Smoking was a pandemic of days gone by, decades gone by. And government, you did great back then. You taught people why it was bad for our health. You gave us statistics and data to help us see. You incentivized by rising prices of cigarettes. But you stayed within your bounds as a government. You never took away our choice. Cigarettes were still available to buy. You never took away our job if we kept smoking. You never threatened to keep us out of the hospital system if we didn't stop smoking. You certainly never kept us out of cafes or stadiums or museums because we had a habit. If you really care about our health, like you keep saying, then why don't you also ban smoking since 24,000 people die a year in our country from smoking-related deaths? Why do you let them choose to keep smoking? Your own head of the Australian Medical Association here in Queensland, Anna, has said the most terrifying and terrible of things. He said recently that life will be miserable without being vaccinated. He said you won't be able to hide. 
You won't be able to get a doctor to sign off on exemptions because they are heavily monitored and because doctors will be audited. And that patients who tell lies can be charged with fraud. It's going to be very hard to maintain your employment and you won't enjoy any entertainment. I didn't know we had to hide in our own country. And this really doesn't sound like Australians are living free, does it now? On November the 11th, you and the others posted tributes to our Anzacs who fought for our freedoms. You stood at Brisbane's Shrine of Remembrance, laying flower tributes, wearing a red poppy on your lapel, the very symbol of freedom, while simultaneously rolling out plans to take and strip us of those freedoms. Lest we forget, you said, but you have forgotten. Blood was on the hands of the Anzacs in order to give us freedom. Now blood is on your hands for taking it away. But let me tell you what we are going to do. We are the Aussie battlers. We might be laid back, but we are not taking this lying down. This country does not belong to you. It belongs to us. It might look like you are winning the battle, but let me tell you, you will not win this war. We are going to build a new Australia and it's going to be without you. The new Australia will be built on courage, not fear. We will find leaders who will unite us, not divide us. We will protect our most vulnerable, our elderly, our immune compromised, our children. The rest of us will work hard together side by side, arms linked in solidarity. Each person will be free to choose what they feel to be right for them and their family. And nobody will be discriminated, segregated or shamed out ever. We will face this pandemic together with solutions that will not include people being locked out not able to access health care or lose their jobs or unable to see family or travel across borders. You premiers are on notice. You don't get an invite to this new Australia and generations to come will study this slice in history and they will thank us, the brave ones who said no to government overreach, the brave ones who said enough, the brave ones who said we will fight for freedom no matter the cost. They will see that the tyranny ended the day the vaxxed and the unvaxxed turned to one another and started fighting for each other and their right to choose. The generations to come will learn that the most coveted thing is to be free, not safe. That sometimes scary things happen, like global pandemics, but the answer never lies in scaring people more or by locking them out or dividing them, but by pulling together. Never again will we allow this to happen in our country. Never again will we, this, will we allow this to happen to our fellow citizens. Never again will we allow this to happen to our children. Mark our words, somebody will step in and stop this. And that somebody today is us, the people of Australia. Because in case you hadn't noticed, this is our country, not yours. So there you go. Guys, take courage today. Let's turn to one another. Let's fight with one, not with, sorry, wrong thing, not with one another. Let's fight for one another and all of our rights to to choose. I am very heartbroken at the number of people telling me that they're not going to be spending Christmas with family members because of this. If only we could unite together, that would make us far, far stronger. So may I encourage you to do what you can today to build bridges, 
between us all and to love on each other. Um, please let me know if you would like to be added to my prayer list. I've got a growing prayer list in my notes section of my phone of people that I'm praying for, but please take courage today. I love you all and I will be with you on Friday. Bye.